You are now tuned in to the December 26er podcast, where we encourage you to be extraordinary on an ordinary day. Welcome to episode 12 of the December 26er podcast. I'm your host, Delisha. I hope you're doing well. I hope you are striving towards your goals. And if you are listening to this episode on release day, I hope your week is off to an amazing start. So let's not waste any time. Let's get right into it. This week, I'm digging into my Q&A bag. So I want to answer a question that is posed to me quite often. This inquiry comes up more often than not at my speaking engagements. It pops up in one-on-one conversations. And even with people who know me really, really well, even they pose the question sometimes. And it can be asked a number of different ways. However, at the heart of the matter, it's really the same question over and over again. People ask me often, D, how did you get into a better headspace? How did you start attracting more good into your life? How did you get motivated to act? Underneath it all, what they're really saying is, how did you go from not really enjoying your life to acting? actually thinking, hey, this is pretty good and I'm having a good time on the journey to dream manifestation. And my answer is usually twofold. First part of the answer, therapy. Huge proponent of therapy. I just recognized after a while that I had to unpack a lot of my experiences and a lot of the issues in my life that had gotten me to that point. And I'll get into this more in another episode. But a lot of people are walking around with unresolved pain and that pain just seeps into every area of your life. And it can be hard to reach your full potential until that's been addressed. So I am an advocate for therapy. I encourage everyone to go, even if you don't think that you need it. It helped me tremendously. I've actually gone at two different points in my life. But even while going through therapy, I knew I had an uphill battle in terms of getting my life to even remotely resemble what I had originally envisioned for myself. And to be quite honest, it was so daunting and overwhelming that I knew I was going to have to make a concerted effort not to be negative about the season that I was entering. So I just worked really hard on filling my mind and heart with positive messages. I devoured whatever content I could, and that has stuck with me even now at this point a few years later. I've always been a big reader, but being in a place that felt like ground zero really pushed me to seek content that was going to help me stay mentally focused, as well as offer up a healthy mix of inspiration and practicality. So I had a lot of scriptures and quotes in rotation. I was listening to all kinds of motivational and empowering podcasts and books, lots and lots of books. If you caught the previous episodes, you may recall that I spoke about taking this position while I was trying to figure out my next move professionally that was pretty mindless. Well, while I was in that really mundane gig, I used that time to fill up on quality content. I'd go in, I'd stare at the screen, I'd plug my headphones in and just listen to every audiobook that sounded even remotely interesting to me. And I'm a firm believer that what you focus on grows. So I'm just not about that negativity. Whatever I can feed my soul and my spirit with and my mind with that is uplifting and makes me feel encouraged and helps me to get that swift kick in the pants that I need sometimes to move in the right direction. I'm going with that. okay? and I've read a number of books that fit that bill. But in this episode, I only want to focus on a handful. I want to walk you through five books that I have read and revisited that have helped me to get and stay motivated. And I think they can do the same for you. Okay, this first book literally changed my life. It set me on a different journey, helped me to see 
another perspective and help me to understand that everything that happens in life is either an opportunity to grow or an obstacle to keep you from growing and you get to choose. That is actually a quote from the author. The book is The Power of Intention, Learning to Co-Create Your World Your Way by Dr. Wayne Dyer, someone I consider to be the godfather of limitless living. Now, I discovered this book sometime around 2006 on the recommendation of someone else. And I was in a period of transition, leaving work, preparing to go back to law school, and things were just not working out according to plan. All the building blocks I had set up to supposedly make this transition of going back to school seamless came down like a house of cards. And I was in a place of anxiety and uncertainty and didn't know what I was going to do because at that point I was enrolled. I had left my job that I was working at beforehand hand, but it wasn't looking like all systems were a go on the school thing. And I'll get into that in detail, in more detail in another episode. But for now, just know that I was at a place of feeling like my life is out of control. Why is this happening to me? And I don't know what to do. And a friend said, hey, I think you should read this book. And frankly, at the time, I was like, "Okay, you've heard everything that I'm going through. And the best you can do is offer me a book. I need like solid, real tactical steps. However, that book was the best gift that he could have ever given me. It's all about living life on on purpose. And it really taught me how to always keep the thought of God's abundance top of mind, no matter what is going on outwardly in your life. You really can keep your perspective on this concept of I deserve good things. Good things are coming to me and I'm going to live the life that I was meant to live. Now, in the book, Dr. Dyer presents what he calls the seven faces of intention, creativity, kindness, love, beauty, expansion, unlimited abundance and receptivity. These are seven concepts that he says are the key to unlocking the power of intention in your life. He calls people who have mastered the power of intention connectors. If you aren't one, you may know someone who is. These are the people who really speak from an inner conviction that communicates their profound knowing that we all live under a law of abundant supply. These are the folks who, no matter how you might attempt to dissuade them, no matter how much you might point out all the reasons why their optimism needs to be scaled back in some way, they seem blissfully blind to reality check repercussions. It's like they live in a different world. These are the people who can't hear the reasons why things won't work out. And if you try to engage them in such a conversation, you're probably going to get shut down. They'll say something like, I'm not going to think about what can't happen. I know exactly what the end result is going to be here. It doesn't matter what has happened before. They don't relate to concepts of failure or the impossible. If this is how you want to live your life, read this book, pick up the power of intention. And I'm not saying if you read it once, everything's going to be gravy and your mode of thinking is going to change permanently. But it's a great starting point if you want to stop being someone who's always preparing for the worst and expecting the least. Trust me. Okay, on to book number two. And this one also is by Dr. Wayne Dyer. I read a lot of different authors, so you've got to know that if I'm putting two books on the list by the same person, they're worthwhile. Okay, this one is called Excuses Be Gone, How to Change Lifelong Self-Defeating Thinking Habits. If you're not ready to change that same old tired tape that you've been playing about why you cannot change your life, just skip right over this book because it's not for the faint at heart. But if you're serious about changing any long-standing habits of thought that you've had that have led you to using excuses as to why your life remains the same and you can't change, it's the book for you. In this one, Dr. Dyer breaks down a series of crutches that virtually all of us use to explain away why we can't live at the highest level of success, happiness, and health. 
He gets into this series of questions that we all should be applying to any excuse to help us to shift our paradigm. Now, having gone through this and having revisited this book several times, I can tell you that if you follow the steps, you'll start to see many, if not all of your excuses as downright absurd. I promise you it will happen. (laughs) And there's even a list of 18 common excuses that we all use and affirmations that you can replace them with. And this is the section that I find myself going back to the most. So if you're someone who says all the time, I'm too busy, or I don't have enough energy, or it's going to take too long, or there's too much risk. This is a great book for you because it'll teach you the language to use in place of that. So let me tell you, this book came out in 2009, and I still reference it regularly because it's just that good. It's a great reinforcement tool to make sure you're not wallowing in negativity. And I actually had to go back to it in trying to get this podcast off the ground. If you know anything about podcasting, you know that it takes a great deal of effort from the recording to the editing to marketing to engaging with people on social media to trying to grow your audience. It can be really time consuming. And when you're first starting, most people are doing it just by themselves or with a really small skeleton crew. And if you're not careful, you'll get in your own head and start to play this whole story about how no one's going to help you and you don't have enough resources, etc. So that is why I actually went back to the book, because one of the excuses in here is no one will help me. Dr. Dyer says you have to replace that excuse with such beliefs as I can access help. I have the capacity to create by myself if necessary. I know the right people to help me are here at the right time. And the world is full of people who would love to assist me. Now, the truth of the matter is most of us just don't talk like that naturally. I mean, how many of you have started a new venture and immediately you tap into that whole story of I can't do this by myself. I'm feeling overextended. It's too much. I really need a team. Yada, yada, yada. You're going on and on and on. And all you're doing is reinforcing that message. So you're either not getting help at all or you're getting help, but it's not the right kind of help. People who are flaky, who are not going to go above and beyond for you. And then it just reinforces what you've believed anyway. And you're saying, see, this is always the case. I can't get any help. Not realizing that you're getting exactly what you put out there. So it sounds like a very simple concept. But when you're in the thick of it from day to day to day, it can be hard to reprogram your mind. But this book will help you do that. Okay, book number Number three, this one is for the entrepreneurial 26ers. It's called Purple Cow by Seth Godin. If you don't know who Seth is, he's basically a legend in the startup world. His first startup used giveaways and contests to market companies to online users way back in 1995 and was eventually acquired by Yahoo in 1998 for $30 million. Seth ended up taking a job with Yahoo as a marketing director for a couple of years, but is probably most well known for writing 18 bestsellers, starting a number of companies and having the number one marketing blog in the world. I think he's up to like over 6,000 posts or something insane. So he knows what he's talking about. So basically, he puts forth this concept that we see brown cows all the time or black and white cows, right? But if you actually came across a purple cow, you wouldn't just say, hey, oh, there's a purple cow. That's amazing. You'd stop, you'd take a picture and you'd share that picture and say, can you believe I saw a purple cow? He applies the same principle to marketing. Seth's theory is that in order to succeed in business, you have to create a product or a brand that is a purple cow. 
And the book explains why building a great product and advertising it to no end simply doesn't cut it anymore. You've got to build something that's so remarkable that people have to share it in order to really stand out in what is essentially a crowded market. Now, this book is a quick read, so I won't get into it too deeply here, but there are three key takeaways. One, we live in the third era of advertising where marketing is mainly done through word of mouth. Two, not taking risks is riskier than taking risks. And three, if you want your product to succeed, focus on early adopters as your first customers. Personally, I have found myself going back to this book time and time again over the years. I've used it as a gut check when I have a new idea. And I also ask the question to clients in the past or people who have come to me and said, hey, I want to start this business or I have this idea for a product. One of the first questions I will ask is, what's your purple cow factor? What's the thing that's really going to set you apart when there are 50 other people on the internet doing the exact same thing. And you don't necessarily have to know the answer right away. I mean, I'm still figuring it out as it relates to my personal brand, but I find that the book helps to get you thinking about the right things and helps to drive you in the right direction when it comes to creating a marketing strategy for whatever it is that you're working on. And this book is why I also take the feedback from you faithful listeners so seriously. You are the early adopters. And according to Seth, you are critical to success. So if you are a creative or an entrepreneur and are dreaming about the day when you have a client base or a customer base or an audience of thousands or millions, but all you have right now is that nucleus, that really small group, and you want to figure out how to grow it, pick up the purple cow. It'll help you. Okay, book number four is a recent add to my list. I just got it a little over a year ago as a gift for my birthday, but it has had a significant impact on me. It is called Tools of Titans, The Tactics, Routines, and Habits of Billionaires, Icons, and World-Class Performers by Tim Ferriss. You may recognize that name. Tim has a wildly popular podcast and is the author of The 4-Hour Workweek and 4-Hour Body, books you've probably at least heard of if you have not read them already. Now, just a warning, this book is massive. It's not the kind of thing you're going to sit down and just read from cover to cover. I consider it more of an encyclopedia or a reference guide. It clocks in at about 700 pages. And usually when I see a book that's that long, I'm assuming that a lot of it is fluff and filler. But in this one, not a page is wasted. The title really does say it all. Everyone who is anyone is in this book, including Seth Godin, who we just talked about, but also Damon John to Jamie Foxx to Kevin Costner to Rick Rubin. Tim compiled input from dozens of people, literally, which makes for a great read. I mean, it offers up so many different points of view that it really reinforces this idea that there's no one surefire or one right way to get to success or arrive at your desired destinations. There are many different paths you can take to get there. But there are a few constant themes throughout the book that are really worthwhile. And all roads really lead back to a laser-like focus. And the crux of Tim's message through profiling all of these titans of industry is this. Your life may feel extremely busy, but it doesn't have to be. Basically, he says that these folks in the book have hundreds fold more opportunities than we do as regular people. And they have to apply this laser like focus to the opportunities that will fulfill their goals. Everything else falls by the wayside and they really lock into the ones that are going to get them where they're trying to go. And frankly, a lot of people that he profiles reinforce this message. Derek Sivers, famous entrepreneur, probably most well known for being the founder and former president of CD Baby 
I know you guys remember when all of your favorite acts were using that website to push their CDs. But in any event, Derek uses a simple benchmark for assessing opportunities. He basically says if it's not an absolute yes, and that's not the language that he uses, but that's the language you're going to use here. If it's not an absolute yes, then it's a no. In other words, when deciding to do something, if you feel anything less than wow, that would be amazing. Absolutely. Then it's a no. Full stop. Derek believes that when you say no to most things, you leave room in your life to really throw yourself completely into that rare thing that makes you say absolutely yes. Reed Hoffman, who's the co-founder of LinkedIn, says there has to be one decisive reason to take major action. You can't have multiple unsatisfying reasons because more than likely that's going to lead to it just being a waste of time. Naval Ravikant, co-founder of AngelList, is also featured in the book, and he mentions that desire is a contract you make with yourself to be unhappy until you get what you want. Now, I would not have necessarily used the word unhappy here because I believe you can be happy on the path to getting what it is that you desire. I probably would have said something like desire is the contract you make with yourself to be unsatisfied until you get what you want, because I do believe that when you're on that journey, there is a hunger and you're not going to feel fully satisfied until you actually actually manifest that thing that you desire. However, uh, there's one part of this message that I think is really powerful and a great lesson that we all can take. And that is you've got to choose your desires carefully. And your best bet is to avoid having more than one big desire at a time. That focus on one thing will help you to avoid anxiety from having dozens of unfulfilled wants. So those are just a few of my favorite points from the book. But if you have been feeling like you are spinning your wheels and moving really fast, but not making any progress, you might just be all over the place. And Tools of Titans is a great book to help you get really, really focused. So pick a copy up. Don't try to digest it all at once, but take it piece by piece and try to just implement what you can to really hone in like some of the greatest entrepreneurs and performers of our time have. On to number five, and I kind of lied because number five is not just one book, but I'm going to encourage you to read all seven of Maya Angelou's autobiographical books. Everybody knows I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings. I've read it myself like 12 different times, and it's an amazing book, but it is the first in seven works that really encapsulate all of the achievements and all of the amazing things that this woman did in her life. There's no way I would be able to unpack it all here, but I will say this. If you want multiple lessons on how to live a life without fear, how to be completely open to new opportunities, even if it's in an area in which you have zero experience, how to harness grief and tragedy and let it fuel your talents to create something amazing, you should be reading all of these books. It's no secret that Miss Angelou was a great poet and an amazing professor and basically the greatest wise auntie type to ever walk the face of the planet. But it encouraged and motivated me immensely to know exactly how she got there. And she gets into it all from being 16 and becoming San Francisco's first African-American streetcar conductor to later passing herself off as an experienced Creole chef to holding jobs, dancing in a nightclub, stripping paint from old cars and singing Calypso to knowing nothing about journalism, yet somehow accepting a position as an editor for the Arab Observer. She writes in detail about how her grief over the assassinations of Malcolm X and Martin Luther King Jr. really led to her becoming a bit of a recluse, but eventually drove her to write her seminal work, Cage Bird. So it's all in there. 
And I can only speak for myself, but after reading the entire collection of memoirs, I felt like I could conquer the world. I mean, they really are a master course in exhausting your potential. So many lessons in there. So I don't care if you are male or female. If autobiographies are your thing and you draw strength from other people's stories, all seven books are must reads. Well, my time is just about up, but I hope you take a moment to check out at least a couple of these books. I am not paid to try to get you to buy them. I'm just telling you about them because I believe that they are transformative and can really help you to find a new way of thinking and feeling about your current situation. So check them out. Feel free to send me some input or some feedback on what you think of them. I can be reached via email at info at December26ER.com or of course on social media. Speaking of social media, don't forget to share Share this podcast, promote it if you're really into the content. Also, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And most importantly, remember to be extraordinary on an ordinary day. Take care. Thank you for listening to the December 26th podcast. I am your host, Delicia. This episode was produced by Demarcus Adisa, and music was provided by Thovo. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at December 26th. That's December 26th.